Visionaries Global Media, your number one source for podcasting entertainment. episode 21 hey um i was really close to canceling this to be honest jj um i canceled i did cancel my wrestling podcast with matt and um i didn't do the other my other little one i've been working on as well so but anyway um we kind of did it because there was a few things and it was like all right we got this afternoon i was like i'll see how i do with my work first week back at school been a little bit busy Perhaps not for you, but as a teacher, it's always a little bit busy. So some of the things are a little bit shorter. I haven't had quite as long. Normally over the week, I kind of collect different stories to talk about. And I told you, as of this morning, I was like, I got absolutely nothing. So I had a few things in mind, so I kind of put those together. So uh, first section is normally things that we talk about or talked about before. So how about a Team USA update for the World Baseball Classic? All right. Got? Some of these players were already mentioned before, but there's some new ones in there too. Our outfielders are Mookie Betts, Mike Trout, and Bryce Harper. That's pretty good. Infielders, Tim Anderson, Trevor Story, Nolan. Uh, Arenado. And Paul Goldsmith. Mm-hmm. The catcher is JT Real Muda. Uh-huh. Yep. And the bench is Pete Alonso, Pete Alonso and Cedric Mullins. Do you recognize Pete Alonso? Yeah. He won the uh, home run derby for, I think, Two years in a row, I want to say. Yeah, and then um, Juan Soto won. Uh-huh. I know you wanted Cedric. I know you're excited when Cedric Mullins was announced, but since that was announced, Mookie Betts has been announced, so I'm pretty sure on their picture Hopefully they Mookie have Mookie Betts, Betts as the starter. Hopefully um, Cedric Mullins will play. I'm I think sure he probably will so. in like a two games. Like I'm two. sure he'll play some. There's uh, divisional games. and Now, there's one major position missing so far. The pitcher. Yeah, they haven't announced a single pitcher yet, so I don't know what's going on with that. Uh, it might just be they were kind of announcing outfield, infield, catcher, and then they're going to get to that. Um, I don't know. Um, also, they've announced the coaches as well. Um, the who? batting coach is um, Ken Griffey Jr., and the pitching coach is Andy Pettit, who you won't know, but he's a he's a well-renowned pitcher from uh, the New York Yankees in the early 2000s. So That's cool that they have um, Ken Griffey Jr. as their batting coach. I agree. I agree. Well, he can definitely hit. Uh-huh. As shown at Camden Yards. Uh-huh. And I'm sure he, he's got a wealth of knowledge to share with yeah, you guys. Yeah, I'd say he'd be a good batting coach. I think he'd be an excellent batting coach. Um, I wish I could remember the the coach's name. The I, I reckon I was like, oh, I remember that guy. Um, I can't bring it to mind, and I didn't write it down, and it wasn't on that picture that um, I kind of took those names from. All right, we're going to get straight into section two. Um, we haven't watched a game, so we couldn't review a game, which was one of the reasons why I was going to cancel this. But then on Saturday, and this is why we've also been busy, you actually started doing your fall ball practice. So I thought that might be something that we could possibly talk about. Not really a review as such, but it was um, it was something that I think is important for you. You wouldn't have been going to that, probably, if we hadn't have been to the play ball thing. Like, you went there, you started got hooked on baseball, and then you were like, I want to play baseball. I'm like, okay, that's fine. Yeah, you got to wait till the fall, though, because they, the, they were already in the middle of their season at that point. So, 
Why don't you tell us a little bit about practice? I missed the first bit of practice, and I'm going to tell, tell everyone why in a second. But okay. So what sort of things did you do at practice? What well, sort of stands out? the start, we played kind of like a mini-game of baseball. Okay. Like, there was no outfielders at all. Okay. It was just the infielders. Mm-hmm. Um, we did some running around ye bases. Uh-huh. And then we did some practice. We did some... Like what infield practice, practice. Oh, okay. and then we did pop ups. Uh huh. Um, practice, and then we just batted. Okay. Hit some. It was a long practice because it was about two hours. Mm-hmm. It was hot. I said at one point, I was like, "Have they had a water break yet?" Because <laughs> not. Yeah, late. there was two. Oh, uh, okay. There wasn't many because I noticed for a while. I was like, frisbee. "It's been a long time." Ultimate frisbee. That's why Dad was missing. <laughs> um, as we were driving into the park, I saw that. Yeah, we saw there was ultimate frisbee, and I saw that there was cricket on as well. And um, Mason and I were like, "Well, we don't need to be there for the whole two hours." Mommy was there as well, so I was like, "Hey, let's go watch." Um, it wasn't a real game; they were just doing a practice as well, so they kind of stopped. So we stood there for a little bit. Um, there was a lot of gnats and stuff, so we kind of left. Um, went back to the cricket because I was kind of interested in that. And actually, that as this is a sports podcast. I was like, perfect, I can talk a little bit about that. Now, I talked to one of the cricketers, because I asked him, I was like, how many overs are you guys playing? And he told me about what was going on. We talked a little bit about the Cricket World Cup, and um, we talked about the team. And um, I said, is there like a website I can look at or something? And um, he told me it was um, minorleaguecricket.com. So obviously we have minorleaguebaseball.com. There's minorleaguecricket.com as well. Um, So anyway, I tried looking on my phone, but the signal wasn't very good where we were. There's not really much Wi-Fi. So, um, anyway, I waited until I came home, and um, I think, hold on, I've got to make sure I get this in the right order. I actually got you to read a little bit of this. So, um, oh, hold on a second. Hold on a second. I just realized, I'm looking at your notes, not my notes. So that's a bit of a problem. So let me open those up. There we go. That's better. So anyway, I looked around, and one of the guys, he actually said he came from Baltimore. And I was like, Baltimore? I was like, that's like an hour and a bit, hour and 30 minutes. I thought these were just local players. Uh, We've seen them before. This is an actual team. This is a team that plays in minor league baseball. I didn't know minor league cricket. I didn't realize that at all. So um, let me see what I got here. Yeah, they're part of the Eastern Division. Um, I guess I'm cut into the chase a little bit here. Um, There's four divisions, Southern, Eastern, Central, and Western. I'm not going to read all the teams out, but the Eastern Division is the DC Hawks, the Empire State Titans, that's obviously New York, uh, Manhattan Yorkers, obviously New York, uh, New England Eagles, I'm guessing that's Boston area, uh, New Jersey Somerset Cavaliers, the New Jersey Stallions, and then the Philadelphians, which is obviously Philadelphia. So um, DC Hawks are by far the most Southern team on that group. And anyway, that's what I started looking up. I was like, oh, cool, I need to check Wait, out which, those. Which team was playing? I'm going to get to that. And I was like, oh, cool, I need to check out the DC Hawks. But I wasn't sure who those players were. Now, actually, this weekend, it's actually the 2022 playoffs. Uh, it's between the Fire and the Thunderbolts. And I believe that game is going on right now. I um, You can so. watch the games on YouTube, it says. Um, so anyway, from their website, minor league cricket second season will launch with matches on Saturday, June 25th and run for eight weeks of the regular season action in the summer of 2022. America's first and only T20 championship will conclude with the conference semifinals held August 20 and 21st, and the championship finals held on August 27th, 28th. And we're recording on the 28th. It's the Sunday today. 
Uh, the tournament return builds on the history made with the inaugural season held in 2022. So it sounds like they've did a, a one in the spring and one in the fall. Kind of like you're doing with baseball. Like there was a spring season and there's fall ball. As the most extensive high-level cricket competition to ever take place in the United States, it was won by the Silicon Valley Strikers. That's West Coast. Silicon's, uh, Silicon Valley is California. More than 200 matches took place over 10 weekends with 27 teams featuring the best cricketers in the United States. Uh, the Silicon Valley Strikers claimed the championship with victory in front of thousands of fans at scenic Church Street Park in Morrisville, North Carolina. If I'd have known it was in North Carolina, and it was probably during our summer holidays, I definitely would have wanted to go and see that final. Anyway, they defeated the New Jersey Stallions by six wickets. Wait, Dad. Captain Unmuk Chan became the first player to lift the trophy. Um, is there a Major League Cricket then? Um, not right now, but there was talk of that. So I'm not sure if that's going to so happen So then they're the not. biggest league right now? As far as I know. I, I think they're probably going to, like, the people who are the best are going to be like, in the first Major League. Like crickets. Yeah, like cricket's obviously more of a. It's not really an American sport, but it's it's certainly getting bigger. I, I've seen it talked about more. And they did bring a, a, a try to have an exhibition game in New York. I remember with former players, uh, which I was trying to go to, but couldn't get to in the end. Uh, minor league cricket is the only nationwide tournament involving the strongest male players playing against each other at the best available facilities and forms a critical part of the evolving U.S. cricket, domestic cricket structure and pathway. So, yeah, really, they're just trying to grow the game at this point. The primary aim of the tournament is to give a platform and opportunity for the best cricketers in America to showcase their abilities at a national level and build cricket communities across the country. So, anyway, when I started looking at that, I was like, oh, I wonder where the D.C. Hawks play. So, I, I looked... That was them. That was the team that we saw playing. That is the cool. DC Hawks. So they're obviously about 30, mile, uh, 30 miles, 30 minutes south of uh, DC. But that was it. I thought they were just a couple of guys, a few guys who all like playing cricket, just kind of having a little game. I didn't realize that was organized cricket. So I might have to pay more attention to that. I do wish they had a scoreboard, though. Um, the season's over. Because, like I said, that was the, the finals today. Um, I wanted to see how good the DC Hawks were. Uh, they finished 5th out of 7 in their league. Um, they played 14 and they won 5. Uh, the New York Stallions, who were the losing finalists in the last one, they won 12 out of their 14 games. And Manhattan Yorkers won 10 out of the 14 as well. Now, the Manhattan Yorkers, I really like that name. Now, for you, you probably think Manhattan. Obviously, that's New York, right? Yorkers. Yorkers is a special type of delivery in cricket as well. So they got like a pun in there at the same time. Like they're from New York, but they also have this cricket delivery as well. It's when it goes, it's almost like a full length pitch and it bounces just under the bat. Or oh, that's what the aim is. All right. I got something. I mentioned the World Cup earlier, but I got something for you to read. Uh, this is from ICCcricket.com. The biggest ICC men's T20 World Cup featuring 20 teams will take place in 2024. In the USA and the West Indies. Cool. The road to the ICC Men's T20 World Cup in 2024 in the USA and the West Indies will kick off in June with the first set of qualifying events from Europe. Starting from Europe. Mm -hmm. This would be the pathway towards the biggest men's t20 world cup which is set to feature a record 20 teams 
Uh, yeah, so um, I'm not sure which qualifying games have happened so far. Um, I believe the venues are probably going to be Florida and California. Um, that seems the most logical places to have uh, the cricket matches. But I'm hoping in a couple of years' time I might be able to go see some of that. I think that would be pretty cool to see the top players in the world. I know it's not a big game for us. T20 is kind of a little bit more exciting than the test version. Um, the games normally go on for about the same length as baseball, pretty much. It's like each team bats for about an hour and a half, so you're talking about a three-hour three hour game. So, anything else about your practice then? Because at this point, we came back. I saw, the, yeah. the, saw you doing stuff. Uh, you're actually carrying an injury right now as well, so running wasn't perfect for you. Yeah. But it seems to be getting a little bit better each day. You mm-hmm. were kind of resting today, so I think you have practice again on Monday, right? Mm-hmm. And I don't... Tomorrow. Correct. I don't know. As it, I think it's about four practices, and it'll be your first game, I think. Something cool. like that. So, I so think... that I can hit absolute bombs against people. <laughs> I think that might be a regular segment then as well. How did JJ's team do? And how many bombs did I hit? <laughs> um, I don't think Mason had hit any at your age. I think you got to be a little bit older. It's kind of tough. Yeah, I still... I Unless think there's I... a lot of errors, and then it wouldn't count anyway, I don't think, right? Yeah. It would be like a double and then an error rather than an inside... It would be an inside-the-park job anyway, I think. Both of Mason's yeah. are inside the park. I, I can hit... I can probably hit it like... I could probably hit a ground world double if I wanted to. <laughs> I could just hit an absolute bomb and then it bounce out. Yeah, we'll see how well that works That'd out That would be amazing. You. We'll see how well that works out for you. Update time. Now, we just mentioned we went back to school. Obviously, the colleges are going back to school as well at this point. So, normally we do Coppin State baseball updates in general. I know we did some, we did a couple of athletics ones as well. I saw over the weekend the volleyball started, the women's volleyball team. So, they actually played three games this weekend, and then they also had um, an upcoming game as well. So, why don't you tell us how the ladies got on? Okay. So, North Carolina A&T... Won three to two. No, they beat them by three and two. North Carolina didn't win three and two. No. Coppin State won three and two. Oh, they beat them. They were actually two, two sets two. to nil up, if I remember correctly. And they lost two to three against UNC Greensboro. Mm-hmm. They won three to one against Bethune Cookman. I'm not and they're facing Loyola. Uh, I think it's Loyola. It says MD next to it, so I'm guessing Maryland. It's, it's Maryland. It says um, Baltimore Maryland physical. Education, health, and that, That's where the match is going to be. Now, I'm guessing it says Maryland next to it, because I'm guessing there's probably another Loyola. I think there's one in Illinois. I don't know why I think that, but anyway. Um, yeah, those last two games you mentioned, they are actually both on the same day. All those, it, was, it was a tournament. It was called the Aggie Spartan Invitational. So it was all in Greensboro, North Carolina. And um, Oh, I just saw the UFC Greensboro game was actually on ESPN+. Plus. Mm-hmm. Didn't even notice that. I tried to watch the other one, but I couldn't get like Flow Volleyball or something. Like You had to subscribe. I was like, nah, I'm not subscribing to anything. All right, tell us how your Orioles did this weekend then. Oh, actually, not this weekend, this last week. Okay, so they won 5-3 to three against Chicago. They lost 5-3 to three against Chicago. They won... Four to three in, in 11, 11 innings. Now, when we say Chicago, remember there's two Chicago. So this is the White Sox. So they yeah. took two of three um, against the White Sox. Okay. And how about Houston, who were pretty They won good two team. to nothing against Houston. Then they won three to one against Houston. Now, actually, it says on the upcoming games, there's also a game for Sunday, which there's a game that's happening right now. Three hours ago. They're in the top of the ninth right now, JJ. It's uh, Baltimore 1, Houston 3. 
Uh, there's two outs, but Baltimore actually have two runners on base. So, no, no, perhaps by the end of the episode... Hit a I bomb. Can, I, can do a, a bomb. I can do a check. All right, who they got upcoming, then? Who are they facing this week? They have Cleveland, 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 Oakland, Oakland, Oakland. You could just say a three-game set against Oakland. Three-game set against Cleveland, and that would be it. No. Okay, you don't want to do it that way. Uh, let me see if I have any stats for anything I wanted to add in for Baltimore. Uh, yes, the Orioles threw their 11th shutout of the season. We can watch that last Cleveland game on ESPN+. Plus. Oh, okay. They threw their 11th shutout of the season. That was against Houston. I think that was Friday night. Yeah. Uh, that matches Baltimore's total over the past three seasons. In 2019, they had five. In 2020, they had one. And in 2021, they had five. So they've got more this season, and there's still a month and a half to go, than they had the whole of last year. Um, also, I saw something from uh, Justin Wex on Facebook. He was commenting to, I think it was to this post. It says, the most unknown guy on the Orioles team who nobody talks about is their pitching coach, Chris Holt. He's taken a bunch of little-known guys or cast-offs from other teams and turned them into a real valuable pitchers. Um, Austin Voth, in 19 relief appearances this year on the Nationals, had a 10.13 ERA. Ouch. The Orioles pick him up off from waivers, and he's 4-1 and one with a 2.85 ERA in 11 stars. So, um, yeah, I've never heard of Chris Holt, so um, I would agree with Justin on that one. Um, obviously, that pitching coach is doing a phenomenal job, and we saw that uh, Kramer was doing pretty good as well the other day, too. Um, all right, go ahead, JJ. Tell us about how Boston did this week. They lost 9-3. to <laughs> What are you cheering for? That's good. <sighs> Against Toronto. They uh-huh. lost three to two against Toronto in the tenth inning, and they lost six to five in the tenth inning. Okay, before you carry this on, this is the bad part. Before you carry on, Baltimore just lost three one. They didn't get they didn't, they got their last out. No. Sorry. Okay, but okay, back to the Red Sox. Uh-huh. They won nine to eight against Tampa Bay. They won five to win against Tampa Bay. And unfortunately, on the Sunday game. Uh, they lost twelve to four. Ooh, ESPN, um, Red Sox, Texas. Oh, is that who they're playing next week? Yeah, Boston. Week? So Texas. they've got Texas, and who else do they have next week? They have Minnesota and Tampa Bay. Minnesota. Well, the Tampa Bay. Tampa games. Bay game is the one I just did. So yeah, it's Minnesota and Texas coming up. So no, you kind of want the Red Sox to be beating teams like Tampa Bay because Tampa Bay has the third wild card right now, <laughs> and you're in the fourth position for that wild card. So. Yeah, we can do you favors. We did not help against Toronto though, because I think we got swept in that series. Unfortunately, uh, they have the second wild card, I believe. Um, while we're going into this, um, what else did I have for the Red Sox? I think I had one more thing for that. Um, I did see that Jaron Duran has been sent back to Triple A. Um, he when he first came up, he I think he only came up for like a game or two, and then he went back down. I think they were just needed an extra bat for a day while someone was injured. Um, they brought him back. He's been up for a while. Oh, some eight dollar seats at. In the Oakland game. Yeah, I'm not surprised. Oakland's pretty cheap. And um, anyway, he started really good and was batting over 300 for like the first week or so. And then unfortunately after that, um, it hasn't been so good. I think the stat I saw was in the last few weeks, he's been batting 150 and he's only 220 on base. So they sent him back to the minors um, with instructions on what to work on with, a pit, with his batting. And um, hopefully he'll be able to come back at some point soon. <laughs> Alright, this week in baseball. This was one of the bigger stories, Jay, which is normally I have kind of a few little stories, but I saw this one. I was like, oh, we need to kind of talk about this one. Um, I saw this one on Facebook. This was by Baseballer. 
Um, and they said that this is the way it should be. So go ahead, tell us about the announcement and give us a bit more details. The MLB has released the 2023 schedule for the first time ever. All hey, there's a comma in there. Uh, it's not, they haven't released a schedule for the first time ever. They released the 2023 schedule. For the first time ever. For the first time ever. All for... The MLB has released the 2023 schedule for the first <laughs> ever time. <laughs> All 30 teams will play one another in 2023. So that doesn't normally happen because you got National League and you got American League. Go on, keep going. The Orioles have announced the 2023 regular season schedule, which will open in Boston on Thursday, March 30th. Here we go. Uh, we're still at school. Spring break's not till April, unfortunately. Okay. More Baltimore. Oh, Baltimore welcomes the New York Yankees to Oriole Park for an opener on Thursday, April 6th. Can we go? Uh, no, because the opening day will be super expensive, but probably the 7th or the 8th, probably. Can we go? We could probably go to one of those, yeah. The I'm opening go, day one, people I'm going go to go. the one against the Yankees. Okay. Because it's the Yankees. Um, they might still be playing the Yankees before the end of the season, so we can probably we can probably try and catch one of those as well. Before a four-game set with the Oakland Athletics from April 10th, from April 10th to 13th. Yeah, you missed a bit of words in there. Double the header. The homestand of the season features three games against the Yankees before a four-game set with the Oakland Athletics. All right, so they have a double header in two games. Uh-huh. Now, the reason they did this is Major League's new balanced schedule will see all 30 teams play each other at least once. Every team in MLB will play fewer divisional games on account for those games. So teams will play divisional opponents for two series at home and two series on the road. So, yeah, I don't know if you realize, like, Yankees-Red Sox normally play each other like 20 times. So it's not going to be anywhere close to that this time. I think they just said it's going to be down to... It's either 12 or 13, I believe. Oh, actually, here. Divisional rivals. The Orioles will not face AL East division opponents more than 13 times. Um, I think three of them was 12 and one of them was 13. I, I can't remember why it wasn't exactly the same. I guess they, they didn't quite add up to 162. Um, interleague opponents. The Orioles face all 15 teams from the National League. Some of these teams they haven't faced in over five years. So Baltimore is going to host the Reds for the first time since 2014. The Rockies for the first time since 2016. And the Cardinals for the first time since 2017. Uh, on the road, they're going to face the Giants for the first time since 2016. The Brewers for the first time since 2017. So the idea is also it keeps the, t it keeps the schedules more balanced for each team. Um, you get to see every player now as well. So this year they're gonna, sorry, next year they're gonna face the Giants in San Francisco. That means in 2024 the Giants will be coming to Baltimore. So if you have those favorite players like Shohei Itani, you get to see him anyway because he's American League. But you are guaranteed to see every player within a two-year period. So I think that's pretty cool. Also, so then this, can we go to every game? Not every in a two-year period. Uh, not or every to every. Game. You or can see every team. Hey, can we go to Baltimore and see every team? a game against every single team? Uh, that would be kind of a lot, because sometimes it would be during the week, those three-game sets. It will be difficult to see every team, but we can try and see as it many won't as we can. Be. And you're going to be playing baseball as well. So, so, that's so I can get notes, Dad. That will make it difficult, but I know you want to go see more games. That's yeah, so I can get I some notes. I have a feeling Orioles tickets are not going to be as cheap next year. This year was kind of good because they were kind of cheap. They had the 30-year anniversary when they were doing the offers, and to start the season, they weren't very good. Uh, but now they're getting much better. Um, the good news is, JJ, they're going to be even better next year. 
Because you know that the AL East is the best division for the AL, right? Mm -hmm. Like, they got Red Sox, Yankees, Toronto, um, Tampa Bay. Like, right now, um, I think that they're all, uh, with the exception of the Red Sox, um, they're all in the playoffs. So they're good teams. Next year, you don't have to play them as much. You get to play some of the lower teams. So I think that will actually help. I think it said you um, the, the change in schedule was you used to play 84% of the same teams, and then the new schedule will be 92%. So it'll be a lot fairer for teams like the Orioles. I think that's going to be good. Now, my only question is, though, I don't think purists are going to like this. Does it keep the World Series special? It used to be that um, American League teams and National League teams only used to play each other in the World Series, and people used to like that. So you probably don't care. You probably just want to see lots of different teams, right? Yes. Now, I don't know if you know, and this is why I looked this one up, interleague play. So you can't play against teams in other leagues, but it just doesn't happen very often. So mm -hmm. I went to look to see when it happened because I couldn't remember. So I knew it was around the time I moved to the States, Wait, but Dad, actually it was a little before. Dad, pretty much the only the only guaranteed interleague game is the World Series games. Um, that's definitely guaranteed. Well, no, there are some each year, but there's not many. So I looked for this on baseballreference.com. Uh, interleague play started in 1997, uh, but yeah, prior to that, the only time they play each other was World Series or Spring Training. I forgot about Spring Training, actually, I have to admit. Uh, during this time, the leagues had gained a unique identity, and players prided themselves on being a member of their league. Originally, interleague games were limited to a few windows during the season, and actually, it, was, it wasn't helpful to begin with. I'd, I'd forgotten this. National League used to have 16 teams, and American Leagues have 14 teams. And then Houston switched, so it's actually 15 and 15. So starting in 2013, uh, interleague games needed to be played throughout the season as it was the only way to have all 30 major league teams active on the same day. Teams played only a selection of the teams from the other league, usually concentrating their interleague games on teams from one division in the opposite circuit, which would change from year to year. So I guess you would get to see them every three years on that basis then, if they kept rotating. Oh, I guess if it was home or away, it might be every six years. So this is going to be much better. Um, um, with the exception of certain legacy games, such as New York Yankees versus New York Mets. Atlanta Braves always played the Boston Braves as they were at one point. Uh, in 2020, due to the coronavirus, uh, teams only played against their most direct geographic opponents. As part of the collective bargaining agreement after the 21-22 season, a provision was adopted to play a more balanced schedule, and that's what actually led to this. So it says the number of interleague games, JJ, is going up from 16 to 46. So that's kind of a lot. That's a big increase. So you're going to get, instead of 16 games against the National League for the Orioles, you're going to get 46. That's kind of a lot. Um, it says you'll play three matches mainly, and then there's going to be one match where you have to play four, four games for some reason. I figured you might ask me what the first game was as well that was interleague, so I looked it up. Uh, San Francisco Giants versus the Texas Rangers. I got to see one, the, the Cubs versus the Red Sox, and the first time they ever played since, like, the 1918 World Series or something. I got lucky. I was like, oh, I'm in Chicago. Let me go see a Cubs game. I didn't know it was against the Red Sox. Uh, I got lucky. I managed to get a ticket in the end. But, yeah, I kind of like interleague play. All right, story number two. I saw something about Albert Pujols. I don't know if you know he's trying to chase 700 home runs right now. Mm -hmm. It's kind of a lot. I saw a cool stat about him, so go ahead. <laughs> This is from uh, Jim Passon on on Twitter. Jeff Bagwell hit four hundred forty nine ham runs. Vlad Guerrero. Ham runs. What's a ham run? It's a ham run. Oh, okay. Vlad Guerrero Senior hit four hundred forty nine ham runs. <laughs> Albert Pudahol has hit four hundred 
of 449 has hit home runs of 40 449 different pitchers. Now, I don't think you know Jeff Bagwell, but he's a Hall of Famer from Houston. I know you know Vlad Guerrero Sr., and I know you know he hit a lot of home runs. Albert Pujols is so far ahead. He's hit home runs of 449 different pitchers. That's crazy. That actually tied the record with Barry Bonds. So if um, next home run that Pujols hits off a different person, then he'll actually hold the record for that, which I thought was... Uh... Which would mean he would have 500. Uh-huh. Which would be cool. Uh-huh. Now, as I was looking for who was actually on Team USA, I saw a story on MLB Fox. Um, Ichiro Suzuki was inducted into the Seattle Mariners Hall of Fame. He was a Japanese player who, um, he played several years in Japan. He was like the best player. Came over to Seattle, played in Seattle for, oh my gosh, at least 15 years. I think he played a couple of years at the Yankees and he's since retired, but he has over 3,000 hits. He was just a hit machine. He used to get over 200 hits every season. Um, I, this isn't an exact um, quote, but this is as close as I could get. I was trying to type it as he was talking, but I'm not a professional typist. I did as much as I could. Um, I don't know. The first part was weird. He said, thankfully, I carried on, and I'm glad I did. So they obviously didn't have the whole video of this, so they missed the first part. Um, he continued, even though I retired as an active player, baseball and Seattle have never left my heart. Baseball will forever be my soul and my mission, and my mission is to keep helping both players and fans appreciate this special game. Now I am honoured to serve as a special assistant to Chairman Stanton, which allows me to work with players both in-season and spring training. Most days I still wear the Mariners uniform and I do so proudly. I want our players to know I am with you in your fight to be the best. I was 27 years old when I came to Seattle and I could never imagine my career in USA would last 19 years and I would still be in Seattle. With that in mind, I would like to say to the current players, your future has possibilities that you can imagine, cannot imagine as well. So embrace it by giving your best without imposing limits on yourself. If a skinny, undersized guy from Japan can compete in this uniform and then stand before you tonight to accept this award, then there's no reason you can't do it either. Of course, you'll face frustration, as I did each year. Without putting limits on yourself, you must find the desire and the passion to overcome those daily challenges that is the way to maximize your potential, and then you can achieve the unimaginable. And finally, to the outstanding fans of Seattle, you cheer loudly for me as a new player 21 years ago, and you never stopped. That wasn't on for about seven minutes, because they kept pausing and you kept clapping. And after he said the last part, the crowd was cheering, Ichiro, Ichiro, Ichiro. All right, I'm going to get you to do the last little bit he did. I think he read one more bit out. Go ahead, you read the last part of the quote. When I returned in 2018, it was as if I had never left the passion with which you welcomed me back touched my heart. It was one of the best memories of my career. I will never forget that feeling. It is the greatest honor to have played for, for you as a Seattle Mariner. I will keep doing my best for you and the Mariners. Thank you. And then that was obviously a big applause as he left. And the next person came up and said, you might want to save that speech because you're going to need it in three years. Uh, Ichiro will be eligible for the Hall of Fame in, I'm guessing, then 2025. Mm -hmm. And I am sure he will be on a first ballot as well. Now, I know the question you normally ask is, who else is in the Hall of Fame? So Ken Griffey Jr. <laughs> Ken Griffey Jr. The only person on this who I actually know. Oh, okay. I wondered if you knew Randy Johnson. 
I kind of. He's a tall pitcher. Perhaps I you recognise the name. Some I didn't recognise either, and one I'm not sure how you pronounce his name either. Uh, Alvin Davis, Dave Nyhas, uh, Jay Boona. Uh, I think he's Boona, I think. Uh, Edgar Martinez is a, was a great designated hitter. Oh, Edgar Martinez. Randy Johnson, Dan Wilson, Ken Griffey Jr., Lou Pinella was their manager in the 2000s. Um, I think the 2002 team has the most wins in a season in history. It was like 116 wins. And then they got knocked out by the Yankees in the playoffs. So they didn't even make it to the World Series. And Jamie Moyer was a pitcher who pitched for a long time. Now, actually, the Dodgers could potentially beat that record of 116 wins this season. And, um, 117? Possibly, or even more. And somebody's actually suggesting that they don't even try and do it. And they're using the Mariners as an example. They're like, just coast, relax your players, get them rested, don't try and, don't try and push too hard. And then, because they're not the important games now. You just want to make the playoffs... And then you want to win the playoffs, so that would be the important one. Or right, they could I just try and get a record and still go to the playoffs. If they win easily, they could. Um, but they don't want to get too tired. They want to also, when you get towards the end, you want to rest your pitchers so you can use them right at the start of the playoffs. Sometimes teams have to use, they need to win that last game to make the playoffs, so they use like their best players. And then when they make the playoffs, they kind of have to use their second best pitcher, which is not as good. Well, if you haven't seen Randy Johnson, then you probably haven't seen the pitch that he threw that killed a bird. I've seen that. Oh, okay. I was going to say, that'll be a fun, fun one to watch. Yeah, <laughs> so the seagull, so he pitched, the seagull flew straight in front, um, and then they, yeah, Just all the exploded. feathers, yeah, the feathers came off, uh-huh. and then they got all, like, the, um, then they got the animal thingy-mobile. The thingy-mobile. <laughs> and then they, um, then they trialed him for animal abuse, I think. No, they didn't. He didn't do it deliberately. He just threw a fastball and it just animal happened abuse. That. No, the animal. bird just happened to throw a uh, fly in front of him. And but you it's not animal with a... abuse because no, he killed wasn't. the you bird. Don't mess with a, you don't mess with a Randy Johnson pitch. He did not mean to do it. It was a total freak thing. I'm not even sure if it was the regular season. It might have been a preseason game, a uh, spring training game. I'm not sure, but it's probably the most famous clip of Randy Johnson. Wait, that, I don't know. Would that be a ball or a strike? I don't know what they have to do on that. I assume they just replay the ball. Yeah. I, I honestly don't remember. Cause... Wait, that means he gets one more warm-up pitch then, basically. <laughs> I guess. And also gets... the guilty feeling of killing a bird. I guess he would have to deal with that. He'd also have one pitch less to pitch in the game now, because he'd be a little bit more tired. So they would probably really move him a little bit earlier. Yeah, I don't remember what happened after that, but yeah. I, I figured that, that might... If you, if you knew Randy Johnson, you would know him from that clip. Alright, Jay, I think that's it for this week. Next week we have a special episode, and we've actually already recorded it. Uh, you wanted to do something called the 555 challenge, so um, we watched that game. I used my big brain to create it. <laughs> I think I helped you a little bit as well. So yeah, I think next I week, created it. Next week, I think it's going to be uh, basically updates, and then it's going to be our live watch along of a game that we did with our 555 stuff and just general chat. Mm-hmm. Alright, play that outro music. Mm-hmm.